to Scrollin', episode number 79. I'm Ket, joining me as usual, the Chief of Grief himself, Davia Starjumper. What's going on, man? Not much. I guess that's that's all we have to say then. Hey, that's it. Uh, there we Thanks go. for joining good, in. Good. Chief of Grief. We are going to talk about High Isle. It's been a couple of weeks since it came out on PC. Uh, I think it just came out on consoles yesterday. We've had a couple of weeks to get into it. Have you started the story yet, Davies, or are you just fully absorbed with the the card game? I'm a little embarrassed to say I have yet to even take the first quest. You haven't even even accepted. I haven't even accepted. I'm not even entirely sure where you started. You can't tear yourself away from that card game. I'm I'm, I'm over here (laughs) butin. Welcome to butin. Welcome to Uh, butin. (laughs) <laughs> get to scooting <laughs> tales of tributing that's yeah. what you know Turtles that's what that's tributing. um well i actually just finished the story yesterday wow okay. uh, so i'm i'm totally done i think when's the last time that you finished a story before me it's got to be i think somerset was the last time that you finished the story before me probably so i was uh i was super into somerset dude don't listen we I'm can't sorry. start talking I, about I, somerset I, i'm sorry you were you had a positive vibe because Somerset that. was my favorite expansion of all time, and this one is the opposite of that. Oh. <laughs> Somerset uh, was your safe haven. That was that was it. Ah man, I always just think of Somerset like man. Remember Somerset? You remember what Somerset? A, <laughs> you life was better then. People think you're joking right now, but that Ket does ask me that. We'll be we'll be in the middle of a BGQ, and we'll be sitting there, you know, like thirty seconds of silence, and Ket will just go, "Hey, you remember Somerset?" Remember how, remember how good that? life was back then? Just which Davis has a perfect life now, so he's like, I don't follow. Uh, <laughs> um, I did finish the story yesterday. You know, it was fun. I think Zoss always does a pretty good job of making interesting characters and writing good stories and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this go around, that's kind of the thing that they've been marketing like with all their live streams and everything else they've really been kind of pushing the idea that the writing and the story and all of that is really where we're going to find the value in this expansion right so i've been i've been looking for that value and just it's good it's fun it's it's but it's just kind of the same as always though you know it's like it's not anything above and beyond what we've seen in previous expansions and and going back to somerset I mean, Somerset was like, I, I couldn't wait to see what happened next. You know, like I was, it was like a, a page, like a page turner, like reading a book, you know, like I had, I had to get to the end. It was so exciting. Like just delighted around every corner. I never really had moments like that with this one. I don't want to taint your experience. You haven't sure. done the story yet. So it does, it does concern me. And just in the sense that, that, that is what, uh, you know, they kind of, they, that's kind of what they sold it as is this is going to be. You know, we didn't set the, those expectations for them. They, they're the ones that set the expectations. This one's going to be next level story-wise. And, yeah. and I've heard that from you from the, you know, throughout it. We've talked and conversed as you've gone through the story. And you you, you had said at every part of it that it it's good and it's the same level, but you wouldn't say it's next level. And so, um, yeah. It's not good enough to, like, compensate for the fact that, you know, I know I'm a broken record, but... It's, that's no everything. new class, <laughs> no new class, no new skill line, you know, and I was hoping, not ex- not necessarily expecting, but I was I was hoping that the writing and the story and the characters and all of that would uh, would compensate for the fact that we're not getting that mm-hmm. cool stuff that I was wanting, you know, and, you know, like I said, it's not that it's bad. It's just kind of more of the same. I, I did enjoy it, but, you know, I don't know if it was worth $40. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, $40 is, uh, well, we'll talk about it here in a minute, but I've, I got my two cents on, on where that $40 is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's in the card game and it's in 100%. the Oaken Soul, Oaken Soul mythic item is really kind of, yeah. that's what you're paying for. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. I mean, I thought um, the the main NPC that you talked to throughout the quest, uh, Lady Arabelle, I liked her. I liked that character. I think she's new. I don't remember seeing her before. Um, and she was really cool. She's kind of like this noble uh, Breton woman. She's very kind of prim and proper, but, but very like warm. And, you know, she had a cool personality. I enjoyed her and I hope we see her again. And she was probably the highlight, I think, of the whole 
like questing experience. Like I always kind of looked forward to going back and talking with her and kind of recapping what's going on and all that. Um, I also thought that the, the main city, uh, Gonfilon Bay, um, very cool. It's a good looking city. I've been pretty critical of the zone itself. Uh, you know, I've said in previous episodes, it's pretty bland. I really don't find the zone to be very exciting. But the the main city is a, is a very strong exception to that. The city is actually very cool. I like how big it seems. Like, it really does seem like a massive, big, large city. It's very big, and I think they make it seem even bigger with all the kind of stairways and there's all these kind of like back alleyways you can get lost in and archways and tunnels and it's just neat kind of navigating around the city. I do enjoy the city quite a bit. The zone itself, I have not really come around in my opinion of the overall zone. I do think it's kind of bland. I'm not into the sunflowers. Honestly, <laughs> you I, are anti-sunflower. You you were that on day 1. I actually I'm a fan of the sunflowers. I like it. I think it's cool. The sunlight hits them and, the, and it's pretty neat looking. I think the sunflowers, I feel like the designers, the whoever designed the zone came to the same conclusion that I did, which was, you know, this zone looks pretty boring. Uh, and then they just plastered sunflowers <laughs> everywhere sunflowers to kind of spice it up. <laughs> it just seemed like a, that just seemed like a, I don't know, a half-hearted way to try to spice it up. Grizzly Khan says he really enjoys the aesthetics of High Isle. Uh, so there you go. You know, different opinions, different strokes. I'll, I'll say this. I, I like High Isle more than I like the Deadlands, where it's just, well, lands of dead, where it's just yeah, just it's dark and nothing there, you know? It was kind of... There are parts of High Isle that I really like. Actually, when you go north up to the Aminos Island, like the prison island, that kind of big island area that's that's just north of the main zone, I actually really like that area quite a bit. It's It looks quite a bit different. It's kind of like hmm. a dense jungle, like an island paradise kind of, okay. Uh, okay. kind of vibe going on there. So I really like that. Um, I also thought like a lot of the delves in public dungeons were pretty cool. Like uh, especially some of the delves, let's like, you're not going into a cave underground. You like get on a boat and it takes you to an island and that, that whole island is the is the delve. That's a cool idea. That actually kind of reminds me of Somerset. I feel like that's kind of a Somerset thing. Yeah. Yeah, there are some like that there. Um so, you know, it's not it's there are aspects that I really do enjoy. And I thought um most of the world bosses are actually really, really cool. Like, um probably some of the best looking parts of the zone were like these arena areas where you fight these world bosses and some of them you like you kind of have to go through a doorway and then you get there and it opens up into this kind of really beautiful grotto with like a waterfall and just like a really cool stage that's being set there um and i like that the bosses to me they seem like just the right kind of difficulty i soloed most of them and they were just like just just right for me i'm by no means a pve god i promise you uh, but I was able, like one of them, I think I had to try twice because I had to learn a mechanic. Uh, but most of them I was able to solo. There was one that there were some other people around. Um, but, uh, I liked the world bosses. I thought they were pretty cool. But yeah, I was, I was hoping for more from the story. Not that I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it, but it, it did not make up for the fact that there's no new class, no new skill. I'm really nothing that interests me. One thing that I, like I said, you know, I haven't done any of the story or anything, but one thing I do have to mention is that I... I have to be honest, I am I am less than impressed with the volcanic vents. I just Yeah, I'm with there's you. Just not, there's just not much there for me. I, I especially when we you know, anchors anybody who's been playing this game for a long time can remember the first time you hear that siren and the anchor and it's this cool experience. And, oh, and man. they you know, they over time you get pretty used to it, but it's still even now uh to like to this day when i hear that siren i still think oh that's cool like you know i remember the first time i heard that it was like crazy i remember the first time i saw a dark anchor yeah. i stayed away the first time yeah. i was like oh i'm not ready terrifying. for that yeah i'm not gonna go over there i'll wait till i'm leveled up more i didn't um, know what it was yeah and then you know the dragons were really unbelievable and then the uh i can't remember what it was in the um western skyrim i can't remember what they're called but the the storm uh, and so, oh, Harrow Storms. Yeah, Harrow yeah. Storm was just wild. There's all this crazy. Those stuff. are cool. And yeah. so, I really feel like it's it's been a lot of just really wild, kind of over the top. Like this is chaos. And maybe they were trying to tone it down a little bit, but I just feel like the volcanic vents were, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, all right. You know, I just I was just yeah. very, I don't know, just they were not dazzling. 
Quick side note here. King Nar just put a, a screenshot in the chat here. A 51 and 5 kill count in a battleground with his Oaken Soul Templar. <laughs> Nerf King Nar. Zoss. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Grizzly says Harrow Storms and Dragons are the best. Abyssal Geysers sucked. Yeah, honestly, I feel like the volcanic vents are kind of like the Abyssal Geysers. Kind of like a, like a reskin of that same sort of deal. Yeah. So anyway, um, I did do the trial. King, was it you that invited me to the trial? I think it was King that invited me to the trial. We did a normal run, uh, and it was pretty fun. We did it on normal, so I wasn't really paying super close attention to the mechanics and stuff. We just kind of blasted through the bosses. But King was a great leader. He took us through it all and told us, you know, what to do and how to get through it. And it reminded me quite a bit of the Blackheart Haven dungeon. Kind of had that pirate swashbuckler kind of okay. kind of vibe. Did it look good? It looked really cool. There were like really cool parts where like you're running through all this ship wreckage. It's like a pirate ship or something crashed and you're kind of running through all the the debris and stuff like that. And it overall kind of had a strangely like a lighthearted feel to it. It's like, I don't know. It's like everyone's having fun in there. (laughs) You know, even (laughs) even the bad guys are like, yeah, let's fight. (laughs) Uh, So I did enjoy that. Thanks for the invite, King. That was fun. Davis, tell us about Tales of Tribute, man. What are your thoughts on the on the card game? Oh, Butin. <laughs> welcome to welcome to Butin. Uh, so I'm a fan of the game. I I have to say that I've I've got some um, you know I, I like some things about it, and then I'm I I struggle with some things about it. Uh, I do very much like the game. I'm very very impressed with the depth of it. Uh, I think it's very deep. A lot of strategy. Um, I don't, it's, it's not a game that you're going to learn and like you play it two, three times and then you just know it. Um, I probably have eh, like, I'd say probably 50 ish games in and I'm still changing strategies up. And, and, and part of the game is you change your strategy up based on, on, you know, what you're seeing and what's available, what, what decks are in the game and then what's kind of available to purchase. So extremely impressed with the depth of it uh i think the tricky part for me is is like you said this is a a 40 dollar expansion and this is a full-on i fully believe that uh, even now more than ever and i've said this in the past is that this is where the resources went this is a full-on fully fledged out really in-depth strategy card game and very much i can see them adding decks in the future they're going to build on this um, I think my struggle is is that, and I don't really mean this as a negative, but it it's a full it's it's full on game. You know, we've talked about this. It's a game inside a game, but uh, I, it kind of throws me off on like it feels like a it feels like an app. It feels like you are in a card game app on your phone. Like this is a totally separate game, and you're in an app, and then. The fact yeah, like that the screen in, totally changes. You're not yeah. in ESO anymore. Yeah, and it, so it kind of throws me off. And I think that that's kind of a tricky part for me too is because, like you said, that's that's a big chunk of the expansion. And, and uh, I tell you right now that apps are not – app card games are not $40. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not the usually running price. So I really like the card game. I, I really like the strategy. And I've had a lot of fun. It's kept me from even starting the quest because I usually – I'm either logging on to do BGs or I'm logging on to play the card game, but I uh, I don't know I I don't know about the the longevity of it. It's a good kind of uh, 15 minute time, but it I, I I struggle with the fact that when I queue up for a card game, that I can't queue up for a BG. Like I really wanted the card game to kill time in between BG matches or or you know PVP. And it's kind of, you kind of have to choose one or the other. And so, yeah, and the games are too long. Like they last yeah. too long for that. Like you'll, you would get interrupted in the middle of a match. Exactly. Grizzlycon in the chat, he's saying he's really into the card game and he would like to see it on a tablet or a phone that like connects with the game to play it that way. Yeah. I would not be surprised if that happens at some point in the future. I, I could honestly. very much see that because it, it even has a, um, and I, I think it looks really well. I'm not knocking the look of it, but it even has an app look like when you're in the card game, you feel like you're on a, a uh, I don't know, a, a, a phone operating system, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are who are into the card game and, and, and they like it. 
I have not made it through the tutorial. Like you have to play those few NPCs at the beginning to kind of get all the way through. I have not made it to the end of that at all. Like I, I give up halfway through because I don't understand the game. I don't know how it works. I don't want to watch a <laughs> YouTube video to learn how to do it. I feel like the game should be teaching me how to play it. Uh, the tutorial is very bad, Grizzly says. Yeah. I do agree. It's, I would say, to really, until you really kind of start figuring out what's going on, and I mean, like, just the very minimum basics where you kind of realize, all right, this is what's going on, this is what I'm doing with the turn, and here's the win and loss conditions, you really got to get, I would say, probably 10 complete games in before you really kind of get an idea of direction. And that's even, you know, that's even before you start getting strategy and understanding the deck building part of okay. I'll never make it to that point. <laughs> I just get like, I mean, five minutes max and I'm just like so bored. Like I can't, I I just got a queue up for a BG. Like I'm just, I'm having like critical levels of unfun right now. Uh, Then I get into a BG and I'm having a great time again, of course. Yeah. That's Tales of Tribute. Um, The Companions, have you ran into either of the Companions yet? I have not. So I've unlocked both of them and um, You're sold on Companions now, right? It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm all into companions, but uh, I I actually do enjoy these companions more than I thought I would. Uh, Grizzly says Ember is the best. I do agree, Grizzly. Ember is the <laughs> the best companion. Ember is the the Khajiit dude. She is hilarious, man. She's so cool. She is like this bright, bubbly, cheerful, you know, just always happy sort of Khajiit uh, lady. But she's also like. A murderous psycho at the same time, <laughs> you know. Uh, it just cracks me up that she's all like cheerful and just having a great time and like, all right, let's kill these guys, you know. She's just like, it's pretty fun. I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Um, her the voice actress is really cool too. I like her lines and the way she delivers them and the way her voice sounds is cool. And so would I you like say Amber that, quite a bit. that they've improved, like companion, new companions over original companions that they have kind of taken it up a notch, like they've improved on it. I mean, it's the same kind of thing, but I, I like the personalities of these more than the first batch, I would say, okay. Okay. Uh, personally. Uh, Isabel is the other one. She's a Breton lady, and uh, a lot of people compare her to Bastion, um, saying that they're very similar. Really, the only similarity I find between the two is that they're both very goody-goody. You know, mm. that's kind of gotcha. uh, both their thing. But Isabel, to me, seems a lot more personable and has a much more kind of warm personality. I, I enjoy her company more than Bastion's personally. Okay. Um, but Ember's where it's at. Gotta get on Ember. <laughs> and both of their quests, I enjoyed uh, the quest for both of them quite a bit, just to unlock them, you know, the initial quest. Is it another kind of like, um, I don't know, it, the first one kind of seemed like a public dungeon style no, I think both of them were just kind of like open world side quests. I actually didn't even realize they were companions until I finished the the quest. I just thought it was just some random side quest, and then huh. once it was over, it's like, okay, I'm gonna kinda, I'm gonna keep following you around now. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. Interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. Crimson says she's still mad they didn't add a male companion. I've seen that complaint quite a bit actually on the forums and stuff. People are like, we need more male companions. We have one male companion, three females. Um, that is, I actually am pretty, uh, I don't know, that kind of takes me by surprise that there's like that much of a of an outcry about that. But yeah, we need some more dudes. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if I have much more to say about the expansion. My kind of final judgment, not worth $40. I think, you know, we do this podcast and we're just kind of invested in ESO already. So I'm just, it's yeah. just a foregone conclusion that I'm going to buy every expansion, you know? Yeah. Um, but otherwise I would say just wait till it gets added to ESO plus next year. You're not yeah. missing a whole lot. It, it kind of hurts. It kind of hurts to say that, right? I mean, we, I mean, we are at the point obviously where we're, we're going to buy the expansion. Like it's just going to happen. We're going to, we're going to get the expansion to move along, but I agree with you, you know, $40, is the cost of an entire game. Hours, you know, hours of gameplay. There's several good games out there for $40. And, and this increase in content is seems a little, I don't know. It seems like a little dependent on, on the me and you type of player. Like, well, they're going to get it anyways. So this is how much we charge usually. <laughs> well, 
the one kind of caveat I would say is if you want to get in on this broken soul action, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Do you want to do you want to be a little OP for a little while? There you go. Yeah, because if if you want to get on the in on the OP mythic, then go ahead and, and buy the expansion because it will be nerfed in a year's time, guaranteed. By the time the next expansion comes out, it absolutely will be nerfed. I kind of wonder if it'll make it a year at this point. I really do. We'll talk about it here in a minute. I th- I think it'll kind of get the Malakath treatment. We'll get a full year of this thing being absolutely busted. Uh, and then when the new expansion comes out with a new batch of Mythics, they'll nerf it to to make the new ones seem more enticing. I, I think that's kind of <laughs> the the business plan there. That's what it seems like. But maybe not. We'll see. And I'm not mad about Oak and Soul. I, it, it's busted. It's totally busted. But yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, honestly. We'll get into it here in a minute. Grizzly says they need to add a battle spirit condition. I've seen some other people make that, uh, you know, that recommendation as well. I think I have uh, another idea of uh, of what I would like to see, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no telling how it's going to end up. Okay, that's enough about High Isle. Uh, bottom line, unless you just want to get in on the OP mythic, just wait until it gets added to ESO plus. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about some PVP. What do you say, Davey? Does PVP sound let's good? Let's do it. Let's talk about it. All right. So the meta has shifted a bit. I think there's some stuff <laughs> to get into. Uh, I've been playing a ton of BGs. I think I have a kind of a, a good idea of how things are shaping up in the meta. Um, it's still a lot of dark convergence, a whole lot of dark convergence, rush of agony, plague break. Uh, those basically have been defining the meta for going on a year now, and they're, they're still very, very present. Uh, necro bombs everywhere. Oh, man. It's kind of gotten to the point where if if you see necros on the other team, you're almost surprised if there's not some bombing going on. Well, and they're like the sweaties, that's the only way anyone dies. You know, yeah. that's the, the only way yeah. to get kills. Like healing, that's another thing that's defining the meta right now is healing is Ooh, just outrageous. Roof. It is healing is way, way, way too strong. We talked about that on the last episode, so we don't have to rehash all of that. But uh, uh, healing is outrageous, and I think that's a big reason why Plague Break and Dark Convergence are still so popular. Because in a lot of matches, you're not going to get any kills otherwise. It's just how it is. Um, So they're still around. I hope, you know, those uh, Dark Convergence and Plague Break were introduced q3 of last year so i'm hoping q3 of this year maybe that's when they'll finally get nerfed and make room for some other new busted stuff (laughs) give us new busted (laughs) yeah dark convergence in particular man i'm so sick of it i'm so so sick of it uh plague break i really don't even care about plague break no big deal plague break actually doesn't bother me as much dark convergence you know we've talked about this don't be don't be messing with my movement Right. Yeah, it's, it's, and especially with Rush of Agony, I mean, uh, I we've ranted about it before, but Rush of Agony is the one where uh, you um, you use a gap closer, and then it pulls anyone in the area in, and then it does not apply CC immunity, makes me furious. And a lot of people will use that and Dark Convergence on the same build, right? So Rush of Agony yeah. pulls you in. You don't have CC immunity, so you try to get away. Dark Convergence pulls you right back in, and the whole time there's all this AOE damage just slamming down yeah. on you. And it's There's a Necro involved in there. The Necro ults going off. <laughs> yes. And um, the two-handed ability Stampede procs both of those. Stampede's mm-hmm. a gap closer, so it procs Rush of Agony, and it puts an AOE on the ground, so it procs Dark Convergence. So you push that one button... Both sets get procced, and you can just ruin people's day with that with that combo there. I hate it. I really hate it. It's not good. Not good. Before we kind of move further, I want to just kind of make a little disclaimer here. I've seen a lot of uh, discussion about whether or not, like, the terminology of, like, a Magicka build or a Stamina build is still valid, or is everything just a hybrid, or, you know, is there a such thing as a Stam Sork and a Mag Sork, or is it just Sork, you know, and... I think where I stand on it is those terms are still useful. Like, to me, there is still a difference between a, a Stam Sork and a Mag Zork. It might be kind of difficult to tell the difference when you're just looking at what weapons and what abilities they're using. But if you actually mm-hmm. look at the build and see, like, where their attributes are allocated, what their recoveries are, what kind of armor they're wearing, all that stuff, 
um, there are differences, right? And if you're kind of leaning in in the stamina direction, you have different options available to you than if you were leaning in the Magicka direction, right? Your your defensive yeah. style is going to be a lot different. Your play style is going to be different. So to me, those those labels are still applicable. So I'm going to keep using them. Yeah. There's a little bit more gray area. To me, weapons are still big on it. You know, what what weapon are you starting with? And that kind of that's that's a big one for me. And even if it's a hybridish build, if it's if it's a bow build, it's, it's gonna be a stamina build. That's that is that's even kind of blurry though. Like there's a lot of magicka builds using like dual wield, for example. Like I, I think Kingnar was yep. talking about on his uh, Magplar. I think he's using dual wield. Correct me if I'm wrong, King. It definitely. I I feel that the hybrid definitely opened the doors for magicka builds to to throw stamina weapons on there. It's a little bit more. Uh, you can make it work a lot easier now, for sure. Yeah. So it can be difficult to tell, like, is this a stamina build? Is this a magicka build? Just by looking at them. But I think there is a difference kind of under the hood. Uh, there are differences there. So that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about this Oaken Soul Mythic Ring. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat here. Are you, we have are some... you prepped? I think so. Man, we have some things to say about this, or I do at least. So, Oaken Soul, or as the PvP community has been referring to it, Broken Soul. So, is it broken? I think this is something I've been following on the forums quite a bit, people talking about this thing. This is the hot thing that everyone's talking about. Is it actually broken, or is it, you know, is it one of a situation where, well, you're giving up your whole back bar, so it has to be super powerful to compensate for that because you're giving up so much? So I kind of want to dig into that and and let's see, like, are you giving up more than you're getting? I think, long story short, I'll just kind of give you a spoiler right now. I think you're getting way more than what you're giving up. Absolutely. So first of all, I think just jumping into a battleground, you can feel it right away. The meta feels kind of like the old Malakath meta. Remember like the old 25% Malakath? If, <laughs> if someone was wearing it and they started attacking you, you knew they were wearing yes. Malakath right like, away. Oh, there's a, there's a Malakath. Right That's got to be Malakath because that freaking hurts. Uh, it's a very similar situation here. You know when somebody's using Oaken Soul. It's, it obviously gives you a bunch of really great buffs, right? You got your major armor buff, your major damage buff, your major crit buff. Uh, you also have major berserk, major force, major courage, major protection, major heroism, and then you have your three minor recovery buffs: endurance, intellect, and fortitude. Right. <laughs> Feel free to take a drink as you finish the buff list. <laughs> okay, I need to take a break. Um, but you can't bar swap, right? That's the whole thing. You, you you're yeah. stuck on one bar the whole time. So, what are you giving up? You're you're giving up five bar slots plus an ultimate. Right. Yep. So one of those bar slots is going to be your um, your armor buff. You don't need that because you're getting that from from Oaken Soul. Right. Uh, you might be using something that's giving you your major damage buff or your major crit buff. You don't need either of those. Oaken Soul is giving you that. Um, maybe you're using something that gives you uh, some kind of recovery buff, like uh, like siphoning attacks, the, the Nightblade skill or the Warden's Netch or something like that. You don't really need those because you're getting the minor recovery buffs from Oaken Soul, and there's also a hidden recovery buff uh, because you're not spending any resources to keep your buffs active, right? Since they're, they're active at all times with this mythic, you're never spending Magicka or Stamina ever to, to activate your buffs. Which might be the best recovery buff of all of them. Yeah, it's not in the description of the item, but uh, that's, that's a major... I mean, you spend quite a lot of resources oh, just absolutely. keeping your buffs active. So there's like three or four bar slots that are just, you don't need them. You already have, right. you already have those things in this item. Um, even the ultimate, like your bat bar ultimate, you're giving that up. But think about like the Warden's Permafrost. That gives you major protection. Oakensoul gives you major protection at all times. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Warhorn ultimate gives you major force. Oakensoul gives you major force at all times. So it's kind of like you kind of like have two ultimates running all the time with this thing, you know, so you're not really even giving that up. Uh, plus your major reserve, you know, plus your major courage, major, major heroism. Um, <laughs> you're, you're getting so much more than what you're giving up with that back bar. 
Um, not to mention, it's simplifying your play style. You only have that one bar. There's only f five skills to choose from, and you're not keeping up with any buff timers or anything like that. So the only abilities you have slotted are 100% situational. You just use them when you need them. That's it. Yeah. So the play style is just really, really simple. It's it's a lot easier to just make the right decision in the moment. You know, those snap quick decisions in the heat of the moment. You're much less likely to make a mistake because there's just there's less to choose from. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's kind of the breakdown, you know, really. like. Yeah, you said it perfect. I, I, that's exactly my exact thoughts on this item is that the, the, they looked at it and said, all right, here's this great item. The negative is we're going to take away a back bar. But in reality, the negative that they added to the item ended up being a buff. When you take away the back bar, it actually ends up being as a buff. And so it's this great item with all these buffs, and the negative is actually a positive. And so I think that's that's kind of that's kind of the OP part to this to this item. Yeah, so at the end of it all, I think what you're really sacrificing is maybe like two flex spots you know and you can kind of do without those um it turns out it's really easy to make a single bar build when you have basically every buff in the game already <laughs> you know um basically everyone can use this thing so um is it broken soul yes it is it is broken uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I like, you know, I had fun with Malakath when it was broken. Yeah. You know, I got a 61 and 0 kill count one time. That was fun, you know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> They're fun to have those. Yeah, you know, we can have fun with it. Uh, it's cool. Um, but it, it totally is busted. It is OP. Um, so that's where I'm at on it. You're You're definitely getting more than what you're giving up. Now, it will be nerfed. Rest yes. assured, dear listeners, it will be nerfed. It may be a while. It might be a, a, a full year from now before it happens, but it's going to happen. The question is, how is it going to happen? Grizzly made the comment earlier that maybe there should be some battle spirit condition when you're in PvP. Maybe certain buffs are inactive or something like that. Um, my idea through the way it should be nerfed. Here's my, Zoss, if you're listening, here's my suggestion. Listen up, Zoss. <laughs> Listen up, Zoss. Uh, those core buffs, your major armor buff, your major damage buff, your major crit buff, keep those major. Everything else becomes minor. So, so minor berserk, minor force, minor courage, minor heroism, minor protection. And of course, keep the, the minor recovery buffs as well. Um, I think in that case, you still have a really awesome mythic item with really good buff coverage. Like the whole idea, I think, of this item is you're giving up that back bar, and so you want to have you want to be compensated for all the stuff that like a normal build would have in their build. Well, a normal build has the minor versions of these buffs, right? Yes. And and really, they're only going to have maybe like two of those, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like maybe they have minor force and minor berserk, uh, and that's it. So you're actually going to have like all of those, like Berserk, Force, Courage, Heroism, Protection, uh, in exchange for giving up your back bar. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that would still be very, very good. It wouldn't be totally busted, broken. And it would actually be better for group situations, right? Because a group's going to be providing the major version of those buffs a lot of the time, like in a trial group or something like that. And then that's going to stack with the minor versions of those buffs that you'd be getting from from the mythic here so in in a group setting i would actually even be better that way but even solo i think it would still be an excellent excellent item i i actually i we've talked about this and talked about your your change and i i would 100 percent like that change and would still use the item with that change uh yeah you know the the thing that really put it into perspective for me is we were talking about oak and soul and all the bus we were going through the list and and, you know, I was telling you, I was like, man, you know, I might just throw that on my uh, Stam DK. He's an ultimate build. Like, that would kind of make sense. And I was like, well, he's already got uh, Champion of the Hist. You know, he's getting heroism. And you went, no, no, no. That's giving him, that five piece is just giving him minor heroism. This is major. <laughs> and it, like, that was really what put it in perspective where I was like, oh, my gosh. That, not only, <laughs> that's just one of the major buffs. It gives yeah. all of the other things. And it's still tremendously better, massively better than the five piece I have on there. So it's yeah. kind of, that's a really put it in perspective for me. It's like, oh, wow, I absolutely should throw that on my Stam DK. 
Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Kingnar, we're going to talk about his DK here in a minute that's using Oaken Soul. Um, DKs, are, DKs are in particular doing extremely well with Oaken Soul. Um, I think if they were to nerf it, like if they were to do what I'm talking about here and turn all that stuff into minor, um, you know how sometimes when they, they nerf something, they'll they'll add a little something extra to kind of compensate for that nerf. If they were to do that, I think it would be really nice if they added minor expedition to it. So you have all that stuff plus minor expedition. That would just be like chef's kiss, you know, like perfect, perfect item mm-hmm. in that case. So there you go, Zoss. You're welcome. <laughs> Problem solved. Brought to you, scrolling. Make the check out the scrolling podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, so not nearly as many werewolves as I was expecting. I was expecting with Oak and Soul, we were going to see a lot of werewolves running around and I think we've seen slightly more werewolves than usual, but it's certainly not like dominating uh, the meta the way I was expecting. Uh, It's really Dragon Knights. Uh, And I think Dragon Knights and Nightblades are the two that are really standing out to me that are benefiting the most from Oak and Soul. Um, DKs, man, they are just brutal with this thing. Uh, Shout out to King Nar in the the chat. He shared his uh, DK Oak and Soul build with me. Um, correct me if I get any of this wrong, King. Uh, he's using uh, the Plague Break set, two pieces Blood Spawn, three pieces Potentates, uh, and then his weapons are using the Decisive trait. So it's a lot I'd of ultimate regen. That. I love to see the Decisive trait out there. Yeah. So it's a lot of ultimate regen, right? You're getting ultimate from Blood Spawn, you're getting ultimate cost reduction from Potentates, and then you have the, the decisive trait with your ultimate regen, plus the major heroism with uh, Oaken Soul. Um, he's, I think he said he had like 6k weapon damage, which is pretty good. But here's the thing, with all that ultimate regen, he has a super duper high uptime on the corrosive armor ultimate. That ultimate, if you never played a DK or if you're not familiar with that ultimate, Corrosive Armor is the one where um, the the DK turns all green and then they basically like can't die while it's active. They take like hardly any damage at all. And then they have 100% penetration against you during that time as well. So you, you can hardly scratch them and you're basically naked fight, fighting against them. It's a extremely powerful ultimate. Yeah. So... You know, he was saying, he was estimating maybe like a 90% uptime with corrosive armor, where he just like lives in that thing all the time. Which is just insane to think about. Yeah. So like, (laughs) most of the time, you can hardly lay any damage into him at all, and he has all the damage in the world against you. Um, I'm laughing at Uncle Sam's comment. He's saying, pay to win. Pay to win. I mean, yeah, kind of. You pay $40 for the expansion, you can have Oaken Soul, and... Just make your your corrosive oaken DK and have fun. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, so yeah, the dragon knights using this thing are absolutely brutal, and the ones that I've seen that are the most ferocious are the ones using corrosive armor. Um, I think even using leap as your ultimate would be pretty yeah. good too. You know, you'd be getting that thing frequently. Yeah, and if you you could use the defensive one where you're still doing a lot of damage, and you almost would be near impossible to kill. When yeah, you have that big off. shield. Yep. Totally. Absolutely. Um, so DKs, you know, they were nerfed this patch, but it's like, were they? Because they're still like absolutely on top. <laughs> um, Nightblades as well. They're benefiting big time from uh, Oak and Soul. I think it's largely from that um, major force uh, giving you a, a lot of extra crit damage. And Nightblades have guaranteed crit out of stealth. Um this is the first time in a long time, in literally years, that I'm getting straight one shot by Nightblades. I'm talking like one single global cooldown and I'm dead. That's over. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm on a character with like 31k health. I'm using uh, uh, Gaze of Sithis. You know, I'm not super squishy, uh, but it's just like a heavy attack into an end cap with the Kalurian's Legacy proc with that guaranteed crit with major force. They probably have minor force as well, plus... Uh, Nightblades just have extra crit damage anyway. Um, yeah, it's just an instant lights out. You know, and if it doesn't kill you right away, they do a quick spin to win after that, and then it's a lights out. Mm. We usually watched Fang Rush this weekend. All they could talk about was Corrosive Oak and Soul. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the hotness. It really is. Stamsorks 
are having an awesome time in the meta right now. It's re- I, I think it's really awesome to see Stamsworks doing so well. Um, you're, you're seeing quite a few of them. Uh, and what I think is really cool is that there are really a number of viable Stamsork builds. I feel like anytime I see a Stamsork, it's not the same build as the last one that I saw. You know, they're all... They're all kind of slightly different setups, but they're all totally viable, totally doing really well. Have you been hopping on with yours? A little bit. Since they're kind of the hotness, you know, I kind of yeah. tend to shy away from that. But, uh, yep, yep, yep. But yeah, it, it it's still super duper fun. But um, bow sorks seem to be kind of the thing that are, are pretty popular for, uh, for stam sorks, and they're doing very, very well. Uh, but in general, man... And it's kind of different from like the last time that Stamsworks were doing well, because that was during a proc meta, uh, and there were just certain proc sets that worked particularly well on Stamsworks, and that was really the only reason they were doing well then. That was like a year ago. Um, now it's just, it's the class themselves, you know, and I really like to see that. And they have lots of class identity. They're straight up a sorcerer, you know, with all this stamina and athleticism and, and all of that. What's really interesting about that, though, is... Maxorks, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Maxorks kind of suck right now. <laughs> I don't know the last time I saw a Maxork. I see them, but honestly, like if I'm in a BG and I see a Maxork, I go after them because it's like one of the easiest kills <laughs> you can you can do. Um, King says, unless you're Magio, yeah, <laughs> he's really good. But man, I just I don't see a ton of great Maxorks. I feel like they're kind of like near the bottom of the tier list like if we were going to rank everything in order from 1 to 12 i feel like they'd be near the bottom and it's interesting to see that inverted you know it used to kind of be the yeah, opposite mag sorts were like number one and stamp sorts were kind of lower down the list and it's kind of the opposite now that's kind of interesting um i've seen some people talk about as like a result of this um, hybridization situation, it kind of presents this difficult balancing problems for um, Stamsorks versus Magsorks because now we're in a situation where, say, we want to buff Magsorks, well, you're also going to be buffing Stamsorks, you know, or if you want to nerf Stamsorks, you're also going to be nerfing Magsorks, you know. So it's like that creates a difficult problem there on if you want to bring one up or bring the other down, it's going to affect the other no matter what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I like to see Stamsworks doing well. They're one of my favorite specs to play, so they're doing doing really well. They're, they're the one we always talk about. If Stamsworks are good, usually the rest of the classes are falling into line where, where PvP is feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. And really not just bow sorks, but really bow builds, I feel like, have become super popular. I've seen, like, uh, bow DKs, bow blades. I've even seen some, like, bow Templar builds, you know? Like, it just seems like bow builds in general are kind of coming up in prominence and and doing pretty well. And I think that's pretty cool. It's not just snipers, you know? They're just kind of, like, ranged builds. Need more of those point-blank snipe bow builds out there. (laughs) I don't see a lot of those. Not enough. Not enough of them. We gotta get your bear claw. Oh yeah. Uh, point blank snipe build. Templars are kind of an interesting thing. I feel like Templar as a class is kind of patch proof. You know, like I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm still seeing a good amount of Templars. They're not, necess- they're not necessarily dominating the meta, but they haven't like disappeared. They're just like always good. Templars just always solid. Yeah. And and they do really well with Oakensoul. Uh, our buddy Kingnar in, in chat has a, a great Oakensoul Templar. Uh, but even just like a normal double bar Templar, always good. They they have great offense, great defense. They just kind of have they just I just feel like the Templar kind of has the most complete kit. Like the, it's it's not yeah. the, I wouldn't say it's like the best kit, but it's just the most complete. Like they have class abilities for everything you need. Like you Templar is the only like I feel like that you could just use all class abilities. You don't need anything else. Yeah, it just kind of, it almost seems like it doesn't really matter what's going on in the meta. The Templar is always going to be good. I've never, I can't remember a patch ever where Templar was bad. So they're doing well. Wardens, I do not see Wardens hardly at all, unless they're a healer. Sure. Just don't see a lot of Wardens. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Poor Wardens. <laughs> I still maintain that Wardens are good. They're just unpopular. I actually, there's a particular player. I, I haven't asked 
for permission to use their name, so I won't say their name, but there is a particular player that I see on a Stam Warden that absolutely destroys everyone in his path, and I take that as proof that Wardens are good, uh, or they can be at least. They're just not very popular. I, I kind of have a feeling that anyone who might be playing a Warden is probably just playing a Necro instead, because they, yeah. they have a lot in common, but Necro is just kind of cooler. you know. It's a newer. Yeah, and then like, that aesthetic, I don't know, I feel like that the Necro aesthetic probably appeals to more people. Uncle Sam says, Necro! Necro mains, <laughs> unite! <laughs> um, anyway, that's kind of what's going on in PvP. Um, at least what, what I've been observing over the last few weeks. Let's talk about the builds we've been playing with. So, um, I've also been playing with my Magcro. I'm trying to kind of dial in this uh, my Magcro healer, Despair. Um, I'm not sure if I'm like totally locked in on this build or not, but, uh, I have been enjoying it. I'm using, of course, Wretched Vitality on the body, uh, Sithis Helm, One Piece Magma Incarnate, uh, Kin Marcher on the front bar with a charged Frost Staff, and then the Maelstrom Resto on the back bar. Pretty basic build. Um, and I've, I've tried out a few different things, but that's just kind of what feels good, you know? It's just like... Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like super fancy or OP or anything, but it's just, it feels good to play. I have all the stats I need. I, I kind of always have options no matter what the situation is. I've been enjoying it quite a bit. I just kind of spam Wall of Frost and the Remote Totem everywhere I go and otherwise keep my hots up and, and focus heal when I need that to. Usually, that usually works out well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Um, it's been pretty fun. I was trying for a little while to make my Magcrow a bit more offensive focus i've been i've been kind of doing this thing lately where i'm making all my builds kind of well-rounded right they have good offense Mm -hmm. they have good defense and they kind of can handle any situation no matter what's going on um so i was doing that with my macro for a little while and it was working fine but i kind of had a hard time sticking with it because i was like well then what's the difference between my Magcro and my Bowcro, my 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 stamina necromancer because they're both ranged builds they have a Similar offensive capabilities. They have similar defensive capabilities. Now with yeah. with the uh, the the hybridization meta that we're in, my my Stamcrow is a very good healer as well. Yeah. Well, the the Mender with him is a the big Mender part of that. and the and the resistant <laughs> flesh burst heal. Yeah, I mean, it's very good as well. The stamina build is is pretty great. Um, and he's using wretched vitality as well, so he can sustain those abilities pretty easily. So. I kind of had to ask myself, what can my Magcro offer that my Bowcro can't? Um, and I think really the, the the answer is my Magcro has a bit more support to offer, a lot mm-hmm. more crowd control and AoE. So yeah. I kind of went back to just making her a healer and a, and a support build and really focus on crowd control. And and that's that's what she has to offer that I can't really do with my Stamcro. Um, and that just kind of takes me back to what we've been talking about. Like now that we're in this hybrid situation, what is to become of my Magicka builds? And, you know, they're probably just all going to be healers, you know, because otherwise, <laughs> yeah. why wouldn't I just play with the stamina counterpart? They can do everything that they can do, Absolutely. but with better offense. Well, and the interesting part is, is I feel like your macro still has, still can offer support that is, is important with the with the crowd control and that kind of stuff but you know like um, your mag warden for example i feel like that it's a as hard a time as ever for your mag warden to come into a, a match and be effective just because it's not going to have crowd control you know it really focuses on high heals but if the team's already got enough heals um you're almost you know it's kind of at this point where it, it, it that could be a detriment to the team if you're not giving something other than heals, whether it's crowd control or a whole lot of buffs or, you know, things like that. And so uh, it's a tricky time for Magicka characters right now because you you, you really kind of have to, if you're going to go support, you really kind of have to do, you got to fill in other other areas. Yeah, and it kind of harkens back to the old Malakath-like proc meta um, where we, we had a similar conversation back then where, my warden is a more powerful healer, but my necro mm-hmm. with all the crowd control is is better because you can kind of stop enemies in their tracks. You know, there's so yep. much damage that out healing it is difficult. But um, 
if you can kind of provide crowd control and kind of interrupt that damage uh, somehow, that just tends to be more effective. My, my Warden is an amazing healer, and if I have a, a well-optimized team and everyone on the team is kind of, you know, pretty good players and they do a lot of damage, then in that case, my Warden is the superior healer. Yeah. But my Magcro kind of doesn't care who's on the team, you know, we're... we're <laughs> We're going to power through and, and have a good time regardless. Um, I do like my warden quite a bit. Uh, I was, yeah. uh, I'll probably talk about her on the next episode. Um, her build hasn't changed in several patches, and I don't see any reason to change it anytime soon. It's a, it's a very good build. But anyway, that's pretty much just macro. That's all I've been playing with, and it's been good. I definitely recommend uh, that setup. It's been working well for me. Wretched Vitality, Gaze of Sithis, One Piece Magma. Uh, Kin Marcher on the front bar with a charged frost staff, Maelstrom Resto on the back bar. That's been working well for me. I don't know if it's totally locked in, but I'll probably stick with it for now because I, I just like it. What about you, man? What's your what's what have you been playing with? I'm playing the old Need for Mead. Uh, oh, I think you're... one of the my top named characters in in your opinion. Uh, the old Need for Mead by Stamplar. That's a, an amazing name for <laughs> a Nord, of course. So. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Um, so I actually just recently started this build. I uh, probably kind of started getting it working. You know, we started talking about it probably in the last uh, week or so. We were doing some BGs and, and I hopped on the Stamplar and then kind of um, saw the opportunity and kind of started piecing it together. But uh, the build is a uh, five piece Dagon Dominion. Uh, five-piece Deadly Strike, uh, the Gaze of Sithis Helm, and then the Vatistran two-handed back bar uh, with the swift jewelry pieces uh, for the speed. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this, and, and I know you've talked about it in length, is that Gaze of Sithis with the with that swift jewelry. It's nice. It's just a nice, it's a nice little setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I've been really happy with the build. You know, you are the one that had mentioned that um, that Dagon's Dominion is is increases your your weapon damage for AOE, and uh, you know we found out that that does actually in fact buff my Breath of Life as well. And we were just talking about Stampler, you know, they kind of have everything. Uh, I've got great heals, uh, really good damage, really good AOE damage with the jabs. Um, the the actual weapon damage uh, ramps up quite a bit, uh, you know, at the back. The back bar Vatistran uh, two-hander, you know, that gets going. The Dagon's Minion um, with the Deadly Strike. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of damage. gets going. Uh, and, yeah, and this character kind of really can kind of eat into groups. Uh, it, it, it'll actually do effective damage, uh, and it's very survivable. It's very fast, really good heals, you know, extended ritual. And so uh, I've been really happy uh, with kind of how this build is, has been going. I love how Dagon... I love how Dagon applies to basically everything, right? Like your entire offense, <laughs> all the Stamplar abilities. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, we weren't we weren't sure about Breath of Life because it seems like a single target ability, but actually it does apply. It, it counts as an AOE, uh, yeah. and so Dagon applies to that as well. That's really cool. Uh, of course, yeah, your cleansing just, ritual and your ultimate yep. and all that. Yeah, uh, and I just I really love the build because it really does kind of feel like it has everything i need you know jabs we talked about jabs we, we could talk about jabs till the end of days just uh crazy high damage aoe you know i use the toppling charge so it's got a good gap closer breath of life extended ritual i vigor on there as well so the heals are are fantastic it's good personal heals it's good group heals uh when i need that to to happen and uh you know it's um i have repentance on there so it, you know, i have really good recovery uh when i need to I miss uh, repentance. So, yeah. so I had to take it off of my Stamplar, but man, I miss it. Yeah, it's just great. It's just kind of, you know, and, and obviously Power of the Light, you know, it just, it really feels like I kind of have everything that I need uh, for each situation. You know, I kind of feel like I have the full toolkit. That's how I feel about my Stamplar, dude. She's yeah. just perfect. <laughs> yeah. I don't need anything else, but, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you get that Swift Jewelry on there, you've got the speed along with it. Uh, and, and, you know, the, we talk about the gaze of Sithis and Swift Jewelry combo, and it's huge. I mean, with that, with that speed, and once you kind of learn to play that play style with the heels, you really kind of get to a point where you're like, I don't really need the block anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I play around where, you know, I play around the blocking. I don't, I don't need that. If I you're investing in speed, you're, you're making the decision not to block in my mind, exactly. you know, because if you were, yeah. if you were wanting to block, you wouldn't be, you'd be putting, you know, protective jewelry instead or, or exactly. whatever, you know. 
Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you, uh, you kind of have to, it's kind of like strategic strikes, right? You know, you have to kind of pinpoint, you jump in there, throw all your combo out there, see where everybody's damage is, and if it's not where you want it to be, then you pull out, kind of reset, and then just kind of continue strategic strikes. Uh, and then, you know, one of those times you go in there with the damage, you'll see the low damage, and then you just kind of finish them off, and then you kind of, you kind of peel back off again. And it's, uh, it's a really fun character right now, and it's it's working out really well. I've I've been excited. Super cool looking character too. Got <laughs> I've worked fashion. a lot on the aesthetics of old Need for Me. You know, it's you still have the the antlers. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I've stuck with the antlers. No change. No need to worry. Good, good. Sticking with the antlers is just it's just part of the build. Probably he's probably set. I probably won't make any changes to this character. It's actually been really fun to do uh, to figure out the emotes. Uh, uh, and collectibles for this character now with the new wheel. There's, there's pretty oh, good ones. Yeah, I bet he has fun with those emos because he's a wild-looking dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got the drunk personality, of course, need mm-hmm. for meat. I mean, come on. Yeah, he needs uh, that meat. Yeah, he needs the meat. Speaking of which, shout-out to Grizzly Khan, who, who brewed some mead in real life, showed us a picture of, uh, of his stash, even invited us down to drink some. We can't make it down... Uh, with gas prices the way they are right now, but uh, <laughs> but we will at some point drink some of that meat. Grizzly Khan living that uh, living that Nord life. Yeah, that's cool. It looked good. We're gonna we're gonna start a new scrolling thing. Grizzly Khan, the the shout out Grizzly Khan, the Nord of the month. Nord of the month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd love that. Cat's uh, totally behind it. <laughs> I'm on board. You'll have yeah. to host this one, though. Yeah. I'll just show up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool, man. Uh, is is there anything else? Is that all you got? That's pretty much it. I, I will say that a lot of this build kind of came together. I was really playing Lord of Nords, who has actually had the Dagon set. And then... Uh, that's your Stam DK. That's my Stam DK. Realized he kind of needs some changes. And then this build kind of worked better with that. Uh, and really... I, you know, my Stam DK, he's he's going to get that Oaken Soul. Uh, I've got yeah. two characters kind of lined up with that Oaken Soul. It will be my Stam DK and uh, and uh, old Bearclaw the Nord himself, my Stamina Warden. Nice. Uh, I think I'm going to have some some fun situations with my with my uh, Stamina Warden build, what, Bearclaw. What ultimate are you going to use on the DK? I think I'm going to try, you know, it. it's hard not to go with the... With the ninety percent uptime on the uh, on the corrosive, so that's a little hard not to pick. But I really, you know, old Lord of Nords himself, old Lord of Leaping, I really want to see if I can just leap all over this thing complace. Just make leap your spammable. Yeah, just <laughs> if I can get leap, just going crazy. I really want to see what that uptime could be. Uh, I actually have a lot of the pieces um from the build that I used to kind of run where he was even more ultimate generating than he is now. Put champion of the hiss so, back on. Champion well that's the so the idea is kind of Oaken Soul with Champion of the Hiss. Yeah. And then maybe fit potentates back on the build. Blood you know, spawn. with the blood spawn. Yeah. And then I, I have decisive pieces with the potentates and so I don't know. Well, we'll play around. See what that. Uh, see what that ultimate's going. I wonder like. if you could just ignore sustain completely in that case and just let <laughs> yeah. your ultimate. I mean, do it if for I'm you. just leaping all over the place, yeah. like it might not even. It might not matter much. Just rely on uh, that battle roar passive. Yeah. So that could be fun. That could be. That could be pretty fun. I keep trying to think of like what I want to use Oaken Soul for. I haven't farmed for it yet. I haven't gotten a single lead, but I'm trying to think of like. I need to get it. I need to use it on something, but I don't. I don't know what yet. Scrolling podcast at gmail dot com. If you have any suggestions, what should I use for uh, <laughs> uh, for my oak and soul build? Well, I think that's about all we got. Uh, shout out to Kingnar, Grizzly Khan, Doctor Professor, Uncle Sam, and Crimson for being in the chat. Yeah, we had a full we had party. Quite a party tonight. Thank you all so much for coming out. It makes us feel so special. Thank so you so fun. much makes the episode a lot more fun for sure it does it really it's cool i like having a a little bit of an audience here um so thank you so much guys um if uh if you guys want to send us an email send us uh emails at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or suggestions for the show uh anything you want to hear us talk about you can just say hello tell us a joke uh whatever you want scrollingpodcast at gmail.com we do have a guild 
On PCNA, it is uh, it is called Stoons Goons, best named guild on the server. Absolutely. And the official guild of the Scrolling Podcast. If you'd like to join, send us an email at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. If your guild roster is full, no big deal. We can get you in the Discord. That's really the, <laughs> the true home of the guild anyway. Uh, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com will send you a Discord invite. Uh, that's where the action's happening. A, a pretty active server. In my opinion, I was just talking about this the other night with, I think it was with Dr. Professor, I want to say. It's just the right amount of activity on our Discord <laughs> server. It's like, it's like it's active. There's stuff going on in there, but it's the, it's not like overwhelming. You know, you can just kind of check in a few times a week, see what's been going on. And, yeah, you know, it's like not going to take all your time. You're not going to look at it and miss seven conversations. Like you can keep up with it. You can keep up with the chat. Yeah, and it's just like a nice, tight little group of people that are all real chill, really cool. I, I really like uh, the vibe of our Discord server. Uh, so hit us up, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get you in there. Uh, am I forgetting anything? Uh, I was going to say, you got to go back to, you know, we got to go back to asking people about how they make a sandwich. That was really a spicy topic there for me. <laughs> Send us your uh, your sandwich. Uh, you know, how, how, how do you make your sandwich? I don't know. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I think we're going to get out of here now. We'll see you next time.